Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because I'm going to be recapping my climbing trip where I went in 10 Sleep, Wyoming. This is going to be a really cool episode. I haven't done something like this before, but I really have a lot to say about this trip. It was really unique and it really wasn't anything like I expected it was going to be. And this was actually my longest climbing trip to date. I had a lot of people ask me to do an episode about trip prep or kind of just like asking me, my thoughts and opinions on 10 Sleep, so I thought this would be a really fun episode to record. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, so this will be late July 2021, this will be pretty relevant, pretty recent. I'll have just gotten back from this trip. I'm really excited to record this because I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Um, Also today I will be announcing the podcast giveaway winners. I picked three people that left a rating and a review of the podcast, so this giveaway ended mid-July. I'm really excited to announce these winners. I've been like sitting on these names for weeks now, but wanted to make sure that I was actually in town and settled in so that when the winners contact me, we can get the prizes out to them instantly. So I'm going to read these off. There are three different winners. So if you have one, all you have to do is send me an email, chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com, and that link will be in the show notes as well, and you'll be able to claim what you've won and see what you've won, which prize package. I'm really excited. So the first winner is, the handle is Climber writer mother. It says, a positive energy blast about life, climbing, mindset, and work. I smile when I start up each podcast because it is getting an espresso shot of Chelsea's positive, determined, but compassionate energy. I started listening for climbing tips, but the real benefits have been to my mindset, approach to work, and life in general. Her beta is great for climbing, but her perspective is so much bigger than that, and she is so encouraging and inspiring. Yay, thank you so much. I wish I knew your name. Send me an email with your name and you'll be able to claim your prize package. That was such a nice review and I appreciate it so much. I'm just like smiling, like bursting right now reading this. Okay, next winner, the name here, the username is key12345 and it says inspiring and motivating. I love listening to this energetic podcast first thing in the morning as it puts me in a positive, motivated mindset for the rest of my day. So many great topics are covered about climbing, business, life, balance and more. Ooh, I love this one because it really is like we don't we don't just talk about one thing on this podcast. There really is such a big range. Thank you so much for this review. Seriously puts such a big smile on my face. And then the last winner, so I actually know this person. I've worked with them before. The username is Tomp2KA. This is Katie. She says, finally a climbing podcast for women. So she had left a rating and a review before and she edited it for the for the giveaway. She said edited to add, been loving the variety of guests so far and all the knowledge Chelsea brings to the corner of the podcast world. Keep it coming. Chelsea is such a knowledgeable and encouraging resource on resource on all things related to climbing training. Can't wait for more episodes. Yay! Thank you so much, Katie, and also congratulations. I am so excited about all of these giveaway winners, so just email me again, chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com, and I will get in touch with you. You'll be able to see what you've won. These were so, like, reading through all of the reviews that were left recently seriously just makes my day. It really, really helps me to see what you guys are like 
liking and determine kind of the direction of the podcast. Like in Katie's last review, she's been loving all of the guests lately. I've really been loving interviewing people lately. It's been so fun and a great way to switch it up. I find that I always get into really great conversations with the guests that I bring on and I have really, really, really good guests coming up for you guys. I literally cannot wait for you to hear these interviews that I have. I recorded them a couple of weeks ago before I went on vacation. I have one interview with Amy. She's a doctor of physical therapy. I think you're really going to love it. We talked all about pain and injury and why your injuries might not actually be from climbing itself. I know you guys are going to love that one. And I also have another really good one queued up from Lisa. She is a breathwork facilitator and she is brilliant at what she does. She leads us through a mini breathwork session in the podcast interview and it is super powerful. It's really good. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. So lots of good stuff up and coming. I've got tons and tons of information on brain rewiring. I'm so stoked about this. So with brain rewiring, I literally like, I cannot wait, but Synergy is returning. We are doing another group program round and I cannot wait for it to get started. So again, if you're listening to this when it comes out, so July 2021, we are going to start enrolling for Synergy in August and the program will start September mid-September. I think it's going to be around the 13th, so the second week in September. Just checking my calendar here. Yep, it'll be the 13th. So excited for that. So if you want to get on the wait list and make sure that you don't miss out on any of the information for Synergy, make sure you check the show notes. If you have not yet grabbed your freebie brain rewiring course, i named it Brain Rewiring 101, teaches you everything that you need to know about brain rewiring, what it is, how it works, how can you start implementing it, what negative pathways are, and how you can actually start to rewire those in your own brain. I also include a meditation and links to all of my previous podcast episodes that I've done about brain rewiring. I think there are around nine of them. So tons of information already out there from me about brain rewiring, but super stoked to be bringing you more information. And if you haven't grabbed that course yet, you can take a look at the show notes. You can go to the link in my bio on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and snag that. It's free, totally just for you. Really, like, I cannot express enough how much brain rewiring has changed my life, my clients' lives as well, and I cannot wait to do another round of this. So, Synergy, coming back. Round two, we're going to be talking about it pretty much for the next probably, like, six weeks solid. So, if you are still wondering what the heck brain rewiring is, don't worry, we'll go into it in more depth. But, Let's get into the recap episode for today. So with Ten Sleep, I it's been a, it had been a really long time since I'd been to Wyoming. I went when I was a kid, and we went horseback riding, which is kind of like all the memories that I really had of Wyoming. Um, and this was when I still lived in Minnesota. For so for those of you that don't know, I actually grew up in northern Minnesota, right by Duluth, and moved to Idaho with my family when I was sixteen. So I spent a good majority of my childhood in the Midwest, and we took a family trip out to Wyoming, did some horseback riding. We went to, I think, Mount Rushmore, went to Deadwood, kind of did like a whole like Midwest type of trip. It was really fun, but that was kind of like all I remembered about Wyoming. So for me, I was kind of expecting it to be a little bit more deserty, but actually rolling up into Ten Sleep, there are a ton of trees. And it was lush, it was gorgeous, you know, not the entire state is like that, but it was really just different than I expected. And for me to go on something like a two-week sport climbing trip, again, that's the longest trip I've ever been on. And it's just not something that I had 
really any experience with. So I feel like it did take a little bit of adjusting and especially with the way that the campground was too. And we'll get into all of that as well. But the campground was really like this adult summer camp type of vibe. Like there's just a ton of climbers there hanging out at the rock ranch and really just like has this huge community vibes, community feel. And you can tell people just kind of return back there summer after summer. And they really make like very strong friends friendships and relationships with the other people there. It's kind of like this big hangout. So for me, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, preparing for this trip was kind of an epic adventure. Um, I realized that I just like didn't have a lot of long-term camping gear. So there were a lot of things that I needed to either purchase or acquire, mainly being something like a cooler that actually holds ice um, instead of just kind of like the wimpy little cooler that I had. That was one thing that I noticed made a big difference. Also like a really comfy sleeping pad. My partner and I actually ended up getting like a larger one that covered the entire base of the tent and that was like such a game changer changer. I had a big Agnes singular pad that kind of like slides into my sleeping bag so you can't roll off of it, which was awesome. But when you're sharing a tent with somebody else, it's really nice to just be able to like actually sleep next to them and not have to worry about like rolling off your sleeping bag. Also, it was so hot there. It was literally in the 90s almost the entire time we were there. So I brought my rumple blanket. And if you don't know what that is, it's essentially like a down blanket. And for me, a sleeping bag absolutely would have been way too warm at that point in time. There were quite a few nights. Um, there was kind of like this heat wave that went through when it was about 100 degrees where I didn't use any covers at all and I was just like super hot the entire time. So the rumple blanket actually saved my ass. Highly recommend if you don't have one and it's great too if there are chillier nights or if you're hanging around the campfire, you can just kind of wrap up in that. I've been wanting one of those for such a long time. So this was a really good excuse to go and get one. Highly recommend. Other things that I knew that I needed, so I actually ended up buying a new rope for this trip. It was one of the Blue Water, it's the Lightning Pro, I believe, the pink one because pink is my color. I also ended up purchasing brand new quick draws. I got the black diamond um, pink ones as well, and I really just like having new gear sometimes like really just like makes me even more excited than I already was. I will say that we certainly did not bring enough draws. Um, I brought 18. We maybe had like one or two extra, but kind of the issue that we ran into was realizing there really aren't that many draws up on things. Um, it's not really permabolted or anything, which us coming from an area that is primarily permabolted in Spokane, not saying everything is, but that's kind of like what we were used to. We certainly didn't bring enough draws. We really should have brought enough to cover our warm-up. And then if both of us wanted to project something that wasn't the same thing, we probably should have brought like three separate sets of draws. I think somewhere around like 35 or 40 draws probably would have been a little bit more appropriate. Just in case you're ever planning a trip to 10 sleep, that's what I would recommend is having multiple sets of draws so that you're not necessarily like putting your draws up and then taking them down every single time if you don't happen to send your project for that day and you're planning on coming back. The vibe in 10 Sleep with the draws is people really don't mind if you climb on their draws. You know, typically it's really like nice and courteous to ask other people if you can climb on their draws. And 
really just making sure that you are being respectful of the person that put the route up. So for me, I know quite a few times, like if somebody else was ready to take a burn on their project, but I was using their draws, working on the same thing, you know, if they were ready, I'd let them go because they're the one that put the draws up and vice versa as well. Definitely quite a few people let me go ahead of them when I was like, okay, I feel ready. Like I don't want to wait another hour potentially for, you know, another person to go on this route. So just kind of keep that in mind that having more draws there is not a bad thing. And I will say, I am so appreciative of my dog, Ollie. I got him um, quite a few months ago back when I was climbing in Las Vegas quite a bit more when I was living in Salt Lake. Still, I got him this adorable little pack from Roughware, and it has pouches on the side. Um, a lot of people carry water in theirs. My partner's dog actually carried the water, and then my dog carried the draws, which every single time he got up to the top, I was like, thank you, Ollie. You're such a good boy. Um, for him, he's a herding dog, and I really think he loves having a job. He loves feeling helpful. And for me, that took a lot of weight off of my pack as well. And it was just so nice to be able to have those carried up to the crag. So what I would say is in terms of like acquiring stuff for a longer trip, like obviously you don't need to go buy all new gear. I was kind of an exception this time because it had been a really long time since I'd been on a sport climbing trip. I go on shorter ones here and there, but for, if you don't know, I only primarily sport climb in the summers. Um, I'm definitely not a year round sport climber. I will randomly sometimes, but usually the fall and spring for me and most of winter is reserved for training and bouldering and summer is just like too hot so I like to get on a rope so you don't need to buy all new stuff don't don't get me wrong there but it was nice to have have those things for me they really did make a big difference also things like string lights just to kind of hang up in the campsite um, it really was nice to spend a longer period of time at a campsite instead of just a couple days where you're like setting things up and then you immediately have to take them back down also cannot stress enough how cool cast iron pans are like highly recommend if you don't have one they are so great for camping all you have to do is is scrape it out, spray it down with oil, and it is good to go for the next meal. It's really nice to, to be able to wash your dishes. So we stayed at the Rock Ranch, kind of like I mentioned, and they actually have a dishwashing station, which highly recommend. Super awesome. It was really great to have that. They also had showers, which were really cool, and Wi-Fi in kind of like the more communal pavilion area. I didn't use the Wi-Fi a whole ton because I actually did take most of those two weeks completely off of of work. The first week I was still doing some things for um, the podcast and clients and sending out some emails, but the second week I took completely off. So it was nice to kind of have the option not to use the Wi-Fi if I didn't want to. Um, it was also nice too. I brought my iPad, was able to download some shows, re-watching Ozark um, season one and two, super great. If you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend. Um, it definitely is a little bit darker, so if you're not into that, maybe steer clear, but it was nice to be able to have the access to the Wi-Fi because the canyon itself, like for me, I, I didn't have service pretty much the entire time unless we drove into town and even then it was a little bit spotty, so it was nice to actually have that access, you know, be able to check Instagram, check in, um, receive some texts like from my family, my sister, things like that. But other than that, it was great to kind of be out of service for the most part and really just spend time with my partner, his kids, and then our friend actually met up with us as well. So it was nice to just kind of focus on that and really just like be in that energy instead of sometimes I feel like it's so easy to just like use the internet and like get caught up in what other people are doing, but it's really nice to like focus back 
and check in with yourself and really just be able to kind of like take care of the things that you are wanting to take care of. Another thing that I want to point out about Tensely because I found this like really fascinating. There are just so many things about this trip that I'm like, oh wow, that's like really different than the way that I'm like used to doing things. One of the things that I like really did struggle to adjust to, and I'm not even sure that I really did by the end of it, but I, I tried. I really did try, is the fact that a lot of the days in Ten Sleep start a lot later. So for me, I am through and through a morning person. I absolutely love the morning. I typically wake up very early, just naturally, um, 5 or 6 a.m. It's really difficult for me to sleep in past 7. Like, it just kind of doesn't happen. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, just go back to bed. And I'm like, I can't. Like, I literally can't. Um, I have so much energy in the morning. Like, it's kind of like eyes pop open, heart starts going, and you're like, okay, what can I do now? I know not everybody's going to resonate with that, but I'm definitely a morning person. And intense sleep, most of the walls, um, I'm not saying all of them, but the walls that we wanted to go to were actually super sunny and hot in the mornings. So you had to wait until about 11, 12, 1 p.m. for them to start to get shade. And for me, once I started to like narrow in on a project, I realized, I was like, oh my god, it's so hot. I actually need to wait until like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. So it was like actually so hard for me to wait to go rock climbing. I'm really used to here in Spokane, a lot of the times in the summer, it's quite hot. So we like to go at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. You know, you wake up early, kind of like force feed yourself to eat a little bit because for me personally, it's like really hard to eat that early in the morning, but I know I'm gonna be absolutely starving if I don't eat food. So it's kind of like that, okay, Okay, gotta do this thing. I know it's gonna be better for me later, but it feels like a struggle right now really used to getting out super early in the morning and then being done kind of like by noon. Whereas this was like completely different. It's like get up, drink your coffee, have a slow morning, you know, eat breakfast, talk to some people, hang out, and then kind of like wait around to go climbing, which for me was like a completely new thing. And I definitely struggled with it. I was like, no, 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 can we just go? Um, and we did go early a couple of the days and I was like, okay, I get it. I see why people wait for the Thames. It's pretty hot. Like, yes, that's accurate. So for me, that was just something that was really interesting and just kind of like a different way of doing things and realizing like how kind of like reliant I was on my old habits and patterns and sometimes how it can feel difficult to get used to something new. And I think really like that type of lifestyle works really well for a lot of people where you can kind of stay up a little bit later at night and then sleep in. In and then you still have some hours before you go climb. So for me, it was just kind of like shifted everything. So I did actually kind of like force myself to stay up a little bit later so that maybe I had hopes of like sleeping in some of those mornings so that the wait time to go climbing wasn't so long. And it was cool for this trip. So I'd been training for quite a while. Um, I've been training pretty consistently since January of this year. So about seven, seven-ish months. And I actually took time off of training for this trip and it was fun to just like focus on just climbing, um, just hiking to the crag, climbing, and then that being the physical activity and that being it. Usually I'm used to doing extra stuff like running or core or just, you know, like hangboarding, whatever it is, but it was cool to kind of like give my body that break. And I'm probably going to continue that for a couple more weeks. We'll kind of see where I'm at, but Again, it's nice to take a break from training every once in a while. I think people need it and we can kind of get stuck in these cycles of like, go, 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 always trying to improve. But, you know, giving your body a chance to actually like see what it's capable of sometimes 
that's really cool too. So let's talk a little bit about the style of climbing and something that I thought was really interesting. So for some reason, I totally thought 10 Sleep was going to be a lot steeper. I think because when I look at a lot of pictures, maybe the photographers were doing like top-down shooting, so it just looked steep. But 10 Sleep's really not steep at all. Um, there are a couple walls that are a little bit steeper, but nothing like I'm used to um, climbing in caves. We have a cave in Marcus, Washington, so up near the Canadian border. Also, Riggins in Idaho have been climbing there a decent amount, and those are just like huge limestone caves that are very steep, very proud lines. And, you know, I wasn't expecting 10 Sleep to be anything like that, but I was expecting it to be, you know, decently overhung, kind of like some of the walls that we have here in Spokane in Deep Creek. And I was just like, oh my god, this is like practically vertical. Um, for me, I wouldn't necessarily consider vertical my style or my preference, but you know, it was really good for me to kind of get that exposure to different types of climbing and certainly the fear of falling started to creep back up again because I was like, oh my god, I've been falling into like, you know, pretty much like safe air uh, for the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, this is a lot more vertical than I was expecting, but was able to work through that, and my partner was really supportive in, you know, being patient with me and walking me through that, which was really great and really helpful as well. Being able to start to work on different skill sets, so 10 sleep, I would say if you're training for 10 sleep or if you're climbing in 10 sleep, go get yourself on some pockets. Your uh, pulleys will thank you when you get there. Um, I definitely, at the end of two weeks, I was like, oh my god, my fingers hurt, like my pulleys hurt and everything because there's a lot of little crimps, pockets. There are jugs too, but primarily what I would say is like pockets and crimps and like if you can get really good and solid on those, you're probably going to have a great time there. And for me, it was just like learning how to trust my feet because again, when it gets a little bit more vertical, you're definitely standing on your feet. And it was like such a challenge for me to go from climbing on steep stuff where there's like a lot of heel hooks and a lot of like body tension and position dependent to something that was a little bit more vertical. I think I maybe did like one heel hook the entire time and it was completely unnecessary. Um, but I was like, oh, I just miss heel hooking so much. So it was a very different style than what I was used to, but it was ultimately really good for me because I think that with the way that things were there, I am naturally pretty good at small holds and being able to use pockets and everything like that. Um, I would say something that would be like totally anti-style for me would be still slopers. Like I work on it all the time, but it's just like, uh, never a thing that feels easy. It always feels kind of iffy. So it was good to have something that, you know, is not necessarily my preference, but did actually end up for me, the learning curve was pretty short and I was able to feel pretty confident, I think about two or three days into the trip. But the first couple of days were definitely an adjustment period where I was like, okay, this is super weird. You want me to put my hand in what? Like that giant pocket there? And just really realizing that, you know, there are quite a few different walls intensely. The area is massive. I think there's over like a thousand different routes there. Um, from reading the guidebook, that sounded like there's just like so many different areas. We only went to, I think, like three or four different areas. We spent a majority of our time at Crag 6 um, just because my boyfriend wanted to finish off um, and try a couple of different projects, and then I got hooked on a project, so we ended up going up there more than anticipated. Um, I didn't end up finishing the project that I was working on. It's called Thug Agra. It's a 13A. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
which I was initially bummed about, but also still pretty happy that I pretty much almost did a 13 um, on the road on a trip. I know a lot of people kind of, for me, I'd heard that 10 sleep is quote soft or has like vacation grades. And I really just think it's a totally different style. There are so many different types of routes there. You can have like short, very bouldery runs. You can have super long routes that don't have necessarily like quote hard moves, but they're just really sustained. Um, you can also have routes that have just like two bolts worth of really hard cruxy moves and then the rest of it is just like easy flowy climbing so there's really a lot of options there and for me with the grades um, I found it like relatively accurate to where I feel like I wanted to be if that makes sense. Um, I don't necessarily know if they were soft. I got like pretty pumped on a lot of them. I was able to on-site um, three 12s, which was really cool. One 12A, two 12Bs. The 12Bs were at Crag 6. One of them was Swamp Thang, um, which I thought was really funny. And the other one was Jizzleberry Bush. What great names. Um, for me, a lot of the times I'm like, okay, you know what? These names at the crag, they're just like not super great. Um, one person that we were climbing with was like, wow, yeah, I really wish these were names that I like wanted to say out loud. I got a kick out of that. But if you do go to crag six, would highly recommend those 12 Bs. I thought they were super duper fun. Um, probably some of the most fun climbing that I've had at any crag anywhere. So would highly recommend those ones. And then the 12A, I can't necessarily remember what it was called. Um, but it was quite fun and it was at the downpour wall. So getting used to the style, again, a little bit of a learning curve, but once you kind of spend a little bit of time there, I think it's a lot easier to be able to move more confidently and to be able to really learn, okay, this is probably going to fit me. This one might not right now. Um, for me, I opted for longer, more pumpy routes because I do have a lot of endurance right now and kind of like shied away from shorter, more bouldery routes, even though bouldering is most of my background. Um, for me, I don't tend to love shorter, more bouldery routes, and that's just like a personal preference. So I sought out like the longest routes that I could get on. Um, 14, 15, 16 bolts. Um, for me, that made me a pretty happy camper. And there's just a lot of like really fun climbing of every grade there. Got on really fun um, 510s, 511s, 12s, got on some 13s. And it was really just like learning to trust my feet, go for things. And to, um, it's really, in my opinion, friendly bolting there, meaning that the draws are pretty close together. I don't know if you've climbed at Smith, but it's nothing like that. Um, thankfully for me, I'm like, okay, great. These are, these are pretty close together. That means I can try hard. I'm going to take a fall and it's going to be totally fine. And really just like leaning into that and just a great reminder to kind of go with the flow and to let go of that control, which for me, definitely difficult sometimes, but learning to do it better and better and something that's really been helping me with that it has been brain rewiring. I've talked about it a lot, but brain rewiring is such a game changer for learning how to be nicer to yourself, learning how to set better boundaries, how to have better communication, better relationships with people, better relationship with yourself, and so, so key in learning to let go of that control and just surrender to what's happening around you. So let's talk a little bit about the project that I picked because for me it was kind of like this weird place to be in. Um, normally I'm used to projecting things for a long ass time. Um, I am not usually a flasher of things. I don't usually on-site things. Um, usually I do have to like put in quite a decent amount of work and 
I usually end up saying like the reason that I send thing is because I keep like returning over and over and just like kind of like bash my head against it like literally like force my way up it and break it down into micro beta and that's like how I get up the wall. Um, for me that typically works out pretty well. Um, not to say it doesn't get frustrating sometimes. Absolutely the projecting process can be something that feels just like oh my god is this ever actually going to happen? Am I wasting my time? Should I move on to something else? But I ended up finding this route Thug Agra and my boyfriend put the draws up on it. Um, I think either like the second or third day that we were there, he tried it. It looked like it was going really well for him. I tried it and I was like, mm, that's like not going really well for me. I don't know. It has huge moves in it. And I did not get to the top the first or probably second or third maybe fourth time I tried it because I was like, nope, that's scary. Don't want to do it. Just put me down. I'm tired. But for me, just kind of like leaning into that's my process. Um, I've done an entire podcast episode about projecting. So if you haven't listening, listened to that yet, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's totally okay if you don't make it to the top or do all the, the moves on your project. I'm here to tell you, you can still send and you can still make huge links if you just keep moving forward on that. But for me, this project, I really liked it because I think it was about 14 bolts long, super long. It had a pretty decently hard move right off the start. Um, for me being five foot three, I know I watched a lot of other people just like kind of like reach up and grab it. And I was like, actually, nope, I have to rock climb that. And the crux was pretty close to the top. I think it was like either three bolts below the top. So there's a lot of climbing that you have to do before this crux. And I progressed on this route really quickly to where I think it was like the third day that I tried it. I was like, okay, I think I can actually send this. And it was, it, I think I tried it maybe like a total of maybe 15 times. And I think like 11, 10 or 11 of those were send burns. And it just came down to, it was so hot. Um, I got like impatient, didn't want to wait for the temps. And it really was just like so warm. It was so hard to hold on to these holds. Um, it's kind of like this two finger pocket that you clip out of and then you get this other hold that's like decent it's like kind of a sloper you go up to this right hand side pull and then you have to go for my height anyway you have to go to this like tiny little slimper and either bump huge to like a, a pocket ledge or for me I actually had to come into this like ridiculous side pull thing get my foot way up it felt like I was trying to put my foot in my mouth and then go big for that pocket ledge um, um, and I just kept falling on that part. And it was so sad. Um, I One of the times I actually got down and I was just like bawling because I was like, oh my God, I can't do this route. And then I was like, all right, well, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. And I definitely wanted to do it. But I think for me, it definitely felt successful because I didn't know that I could do a 513 on the road. Um, I've done 513s locally here in Spokane. And it's been one of my goals for quite a while to do a 513 somewhere other than locally to me, just because again, like I put a lot of goes in on things. Like it probably takes me, you know, maybe like two weeks. I know I recorded a podcast episode about the 513 that I just finished bitten that took me like a lot of a lot of goes like probably 60 70 plus um but putting in that time to really send those projects, it, it was cool for me to be able to put something together in a number of days and feel like it could actually go, even though it didn't. Um, I was able to pull right back on each and every one of those times that I fell off at the crux and just do it right after that. So for me, I know it was condition dependent and it was just really hard to be able to wait till like 7 or 8 p.m. to climb. Um, and we actually ended up um, having to leave 
and I didn't send the project, but it's totally fine because now I actually have the confidence to know that I can do something like a 513 on the road if I want to and probably be able to spend a little bit more time doing something like that. So other crags that we checked out, so we checked out the upper psychoactive wall, which looked really cool. There was a route there called STFU. Um, although the entire name was longer than that. It was another 13A that I'm really excited to potentially get back on if we go back. We checked out the downpour wall, which I think was pretty cool. Um, there was a route there called EKV. I can't remember what it stands for. It's something, um, I think, machine or vehicle. Um, it has a very long name. I'm sure somebody listening to this is like screaming at me right now with what the name to it is. Um, it's a 12C. That was really cool. I thought it was ridiculously hard for a 12C. Was able to put the crux move together the third um, attempt that I had on it, I only tried it one time, but I tried it from that draw below the crux. Three times was able to put that together and then didn't necessarily want to put another go on it during this trip. Might get back on it at some point. And it was just really fun to be able to see kind of like the different styles of climbing at all of these different crags because they are all a little bit unique and a little bit different checked out the French cattle ranch for one day. I didn't end up climbing there, ended up belaying the friend that came and visited and was excited to maybe check out some of that when we went back, but primarily spent a lot of time at Crag 6, um, which there were a lot of other people there. And that was also something that I was really not used to. And for me, it's kind of like this thing where I didn't mean to necessarily get hooked on this project, um, you know, in the most popular potential section of this, of the entire uh, 10 sleep, but it was at the highest elevation. So on those hot days, it's definitely going to be one of the cooler areas. I think it sits around 9,000 feet. So everybody kind of ended up going there, but it was really neat to kind of experience how people interacted and really like worked within each other because it's, I think, kind of like the mannerisms are different between communities and different in different spots. Like a lot of people kind of like hang ropes and claim, um, I'm going to put claim in quotes, what they're going to climb just to kind of like hold their spot. Um, there's a lot of people working on a route and it's kind of like a lot of pressure to go quickly and to get done so that the next person could get on it. And I was just like super not used to that because the crags that we climb at tend to be a little bit less populated. There's not like a lot of like waiting in line or putting yourself in a queue you. So that was definitely an adjustment. That was something that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like we are definitely climbing around a lot of other people right now. Um, it also made me pretty thankful to be vaccinated at that point. So didn't really, for me anyway, have to worry about that because there's a lot of people in just kind of like a tight space, even though it was outdoors. Um, just being like that close to people again, I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, and then also being at the rock ranch, being that close to people, you're like, wow, they're like, are things like, quote, normal again? Um, kind of like wondering that in your head. So it was nice to kind of like see that sense of, quote, normalcy again and to be able to just like have that community feel back. So definitely a lot of things that were like pretty different than what I was used to, but it's really good to go and experience that, I think. And you can kind of tell like there were a lot of people that spent a lot of time at 10 sleep um you know we're able to just like list off the the routes the grades the hard moves like spray people down um even sometimes when they didn't necessarily want to be sprayed down. But it was cool to see kind of like some of the locals um, or people that do visit there every year um, have that depth of knowledge. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Something that I absolutely had to bring on this trip was my Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane coffee. It's instant coffee, so all you have to do is boil the water, dump the packet in. I, of course, added some Fizzy Vantage collagen to it and a little bit of non-dairy creamer. My preference is the French vanilla flavor from Nut Pods. Swear to God, it's so so good. And the reason that I love Four Sigmatics so much is I actually took quite a bit of a break from caffeine. It was making me super anxious and it was just not something that seemed to be working for me. So I took about two years off of drinking coffee and drank matcha in that time. And matcha is amazing. It's super good, but it's not coffee. Um, we all know that that the way that coffee smells sometimes and it's just part of that morning routine, I really did miss coffee. I was super curious and just wanted to see how reintroducing it might go for my body and I was able to reintroduce it very successfully with the Four Sigmatic and that's what I've been drinking ever since. So for about the past year and a half, I've been drinking the Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane coffee. I have a cup of it every morning. It has about 50 milligrams of caffeine. I find that works really well for me. I can actually also drink this later in the day. I can drink this as late as 6 p.m. and still be able to go to bed because it has such a low caffeine content and because of the medicinal mushrooms involved in there. So I really Really love lion's mane. It's great for brain function. It, I swear to God, it helps me think so fast. It's great for the mornings because you don't get those jitters, but you also feel like everything's firing on all cylinders. So for me, if I need to get some work done, if I have client calls, it's nice because I know my words are actually going to be formulated. I'm going to be able to speak proper sentences and hold a conversation. I absolutely love the Four Sigmatic coffee, and if you guys have been curious about trying it, I cannot recommend it enough. I actually got you a discount code so you can go try it. I know sometimes that can be more of an incentive to actually go and try the products, but I know you're going to love it. I cannot speak more highly of these products. I have tried just about every single product that Four Sigmatic has put out from their protein that's vegan to their other elixirs, things like chaga, reishi, all of these amazing mushrooms that have different benefits from things like providing immunity to helping you chill out and relax. That would be reishi, the queen of the mushrooms. I love taking the reishi elixir before bedtime as part of my routine. It's just, it's epic. It's amazing. So if you want to try out any of these products, you can head over to foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. And you can use the code LADYBETA for 10% off. Be sure to tag me in your Instagram stories when you try it, whether that's a coffee with the nut pods and the collagen, or you try one of their other products. I would absolutely love to see it. So tag me in your stories. Can't wait. Let's talk a little bit about rest days and kind of how to go about that on a trip that is longer than just a weekend. I'm also going to talk a little bit about some of the activities that we did and I'm also going to talk about two, you know, food and kind of like the grocery store situation in tent sleep. So with rest days, for me, I tend to climb pretty well two days on. If I do three days on, I know I'm going to be wrecked for a couple of days. So I usually try to keep it to two days on, one day off, sometimes two 
two days on, two days off. But for this trip, I think I stuck pretty closely to two days on, one day off for about the entire trip. So I think we had about three rest days. Uh, my partner maybe took a little bit less rest days than I did because he was so psyched. But for me, I knew that I just like had to stick to the strict rest day and take kind of the entire thing off. You know, being able to belay still and go support others. But for me, myself, not climbing on those days. So the first rest day that we had, we went to Thermopolis, which was actually sent to me by somebody on Instagram. And they have these natural hot springs. And they have this, what they call a bathhouse. And that was such a cool experience. So if you go to 10 Sleep and you have a rest day, highly recommend that. It's super unique. It smells a little bit like sulfur, but the water is awesome. It feels good. It feels so healing. And it's just such a unique and beautiful experience. So would highly recommend you go check that out. That was a really cool rest day that we were able to go and do. It's about an hour away from 10 Sleep. So yes, it's a little bit of a drive, but honestly, it is so worth it. I can't sing its praises enough. Other rest days, I believe I just went and supported other people that were climbing. I belayed. We got my partner's kids on climbs as well, which was really fun to see them start to get a little bit more into climbing, become more confident the more that they climbed as well, and be able to do some of like the harder moves and everything. And that was just a really cool experience. So with the rest days, um, the other two were were all really active rest days, I would say. Um, not a ton of hiking. I didn't find the hiking there to be too difficult. Um, the approaches to the crags, to crag six, was pretty chill, um, even though it was at 9,000 feet. I really didn't notice that the elevation bothered me at all. I was a little bit nervous about that, um, just because when I moved from Washington to Salt Lake about a couple years ago, it took me a long time to, to, to adjust to the new altitude, but this time I didn't really feel anything at all, so I just trusted that I was in good shape and didn't really worry about it. Some of the other hikes were a little bit more intense, but most of them were over quite quickly, and the steeper it was, the shorter it seemed to be, so I really didn't worry too much about that. And in terms of food, so if you don't know, I have been gluten-free for about 10 years, and I was a little bit nervous at first, you know, wanted to make sure that I brought enough food to kind of like sustain me, because I had kind of heard like, yep, it's a little bit remote, there might not be like grocery stores around there, but I really did not need to worry because there was actually a really great like general store in town called Dirty Sally's, and they actually had quite a few gluten-free options. Um, they, it was a pretty hip little, pretty hip little store. I was really impressed actually. I was able to get kombucha there. They had this great restaurant, One Cow, that, sir, that had a lot of like little grocery pantry items in there as well. So that for me was pretty easy to be able to go there when we went into town to get things like ice or to stock up on some groceries. There's also a grocery store in Worland, which I think is about 30-ish minutes away that has everything that you might need and that was really great as well. So we didn't have to bring as much food initially, knowing that on one of our rest days or in one of the mornings before climbing, we could actually go stock back up on stuff. So if you are somebody that has a lot of food allergies or intolerances or just kind of like wondering what the scene is like there, you definitely have options. You're gonna need to drive a little bit, but you don't need to like bring absolutely everything. And if you do forget something, you can likely get it in the town of Ten Sleep itself. I wanna say the population of Ten Sleep is like 
260 people, I want to say that's what it said on the sign. But for only having 260 people, there are quite a few different restaurant options there. Um, we went to Sleepy Coyote one night, and that was pretty good. I had like this chicken berry salad thing that was great. There's also the brewery there as well, and then One Cow. Um, I'm sure there are other restaurants, but those are just the ones that we went to, and those were all pretty great. Would highly recommend those as well. If you're looking to just not cook for a night, sometimes, I, personally, I just think that's easier. It's like, oh, nope, let's just go somewhere, and then you don't also have to worry about doing the dishes, which is nice. So all in all, it was a trip that really taught me a lot. It was not necessarily something that I had expected. Um, it was definitely a lot of learning, a lot of growing, and being able to climb through the pump. Um, actually ended up camping next to Chuck and Maggie. So Maggie has been somebody that I've known for quite a few years now. They are pretty stable members of the community in the sense that they travel around, they live in a van, they are really cool community members to have. And one thing that she said to me that really stuck with me was, you can climb pumped. And I was like, okay, that's a great point because I certainly can. Um, but sometimes we just like, kind of forget that we can and we want to like take or give up or whatever it is. So that for me, that phrase was really helpful to kind of remember throughout the entire trip. So that's my trip recap. That's my trip updates. Um, super fun trip. Would highly recommend if you get the chance to go to check it out. There is going to be a brand new guidebook put out by Louis Anderson, who actually owns the Rock Ranch, him and his wife Valerie. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing them for a couple of years now, so there's going to be a new edition of the guidebook coming out, but I think the last one that came out was in 2019, so relatively updated, um, and you can go ahead and check out the Rock Ranch. You can check out all of the amenities there. I would highly recommend reserving your camp spot early. They do tend to fill up. There are ones that you need to reserve. There are ones that are kind of like show up upon arrival. And for us, we ended up staying in the front orchard, so kind of towards the river, farther away from the pavilion which I personally thought was nice because I am kind of like Cinderella. I turn into a pumpkin past a certain point in time. Um, it was actually very difficult to get myself to stay up, but it was nice to be a little bit farther away from like the noise. And I know people can stay in the back orchard as well, but that seemed to be a little bit more noisy. It was also really nice to have the river there to jump in and dip in and get the dogs in as well. Because if you know my dog, he's very, very furry and he gets very hot and he definitely needs to be cooled off frequently. So it was really nice. Our location was great. Um, we stayed in, I think, campsite 30, if you need a little bit of reference there. Um, I thought that it was a great camp spot. Anywhere around there, I think, would be also really great as well. Make sure you go do your reservations early, though, so that you're not, you know, showing up and that there's nothing available. There are also camp spots available up further in the canyon on the old road and up further as well. But for me, it was really nice to just experience everything that the Rock Ranch had to offer, the showers, the Wi-Fi, like that was all really great. And then being able to meet some people as well. It was also really, really fun to meet up with my friends and former clients, Monica, Carly, Lauren. It was so great to meet up with them there. We had kind of like a girl's day where we went and climbed and it was, it was great. It was awesome. Um, it was so fun to actually be able to meet some of them in person for the first time and then be able to just like share that experience with them. So if you're thinking about going to 10 Sleep, 
would put it on your list. It is worth the hype. I feel like I've been trying to go to 10 Sleep for like six years now and just finally made it there this year. And it was something that I could definitely see myself doing year after year is just spending time there and really being able to get to know the style, zoning in on projects, and being able to explore even more areas than we did this time. Because again, I think we spent maybe a little bit too much of our time at Crag Six, but you know, first time there, mistakes were made. Maybe not. It was a good learning experience and excited to check out more of what 10 Sleep has to offer in the future. Hopefully you loved this episode. Let me know if you want me to do more episodes like this. And if you have not yet already, leave a rating and a review. It really, really, really helps me decide the direction of the show to hear more of what you're loving so I can do even more of that in the future. And it's just, it makes my day. If you didn't listen to the reviews at the beginning of this, I was like absolutely beaming. It's just like, honestly, it's awesome to hear the feedback that I've been getting on the podcast. So if you liked this style of show, be sure to let me know. Tag me in your stories on Instagram. I'm at ladybeta.coaching. Would absolutely love to hear your favorite routes there. If you've been to 10 Sleep, if this was helpful for you, or if you're going to be planning a trip for next summer. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next episode. Bye.